0: The following is a Furnished Brothers production. Introducing your host, Rob. Put your best players out there, Mike. And Ryan. He missed the net, and it somehow went in. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 25 of the Talkin' Buds podcast. And Ryan, what better way to celebrate our 25th episode than to have you and me in the same room tonight. This is a Talkin' Buds first. First time ever. Yeah, for people who don't know, this like this is a legit first time being in the same room watching the game in the same room feeding off each other's negativity after watching some of the disgraceful defensive effort that we saw tonight from this hockey team I uh, that's that's putting it mildly but the quarter century mark for this podcast and like we're coming near the end of the season man like I, I oh, can't wait for the playoffs like it's just man it's it's we're we need to get there. I don't disagree. Yeah. We need to get yeah. there. Like These last couple games and the narratives we're drawing up about rest and, quote, the Raptors load management. It's just, let's just get game one going. I'm I'm ready. Well, you alluded to it earlier. So let's run down this Leafs-Flyers barn burner that we just watched. The Leafs losing 5-4 in their first shootout of the season. We'll run that down in a second, but let's start from the top. Let's take it from the top. So, the Leafs come out to start the game in the first period. I thought it was a pretty good start by Leaf standards. Came out skating, had some energy, had some jump. The fourth line was really going. Connor Brown, Ryan. Connor Brown, finally. Some jump out of the guy. Connor Brown scores the first goal of the evening on a beauty Behind the back pass from Tyler Ennis, and it's one nothing. And you're like, okay, here we go. The, Leafs, the scoring the first goal has been a rare thing for them as of late. Oh yeah. So in that fourth line, it's like, hey, good. We got some energy from some energy guys. Good start. Hundred percent. Not long after, Nazem Kadri, another guy who hasn't scored in too long, lights the lamp. Two nothing leaves. Tyler Ennis again creating a scoring chance off his aggressive. That was big for Naz too. Like Naz has got to get off the Schneid. Well, we'll talk about Naz later. So they go into the uh, first intermission up to nothing again. Like I said, you're feeling good about it, whatever. And then Ryan in typical Leafs fashion, they just said, you know what? We're, uh, we're going to take the second period off. Yeah. We'll bail this one in. You know, we worked pretty hard the first, let's go out in the second and just show everyone What Toronto may believe hockey is about, inconsistency. It was an absolute turnover fest in the second period. And before you know it, Flyers get on the board, score off the rush. Marty Marincin just, you know, we've talked about it in the previous weeks. Like we're, we're, we're trying not to get on Marty Marinson too much because at the end of the day, he's just not good enough and shouldn't be out there, but the coach keeps, keeps throwing him out there. He has some sort of bizarre brain cramp and the Flyers score off the rush. It's 2-1. Yeah. Marty decides he wants to take his defense partner's man and leave the shooter wide open. And even though it's short side, like Freddie should have had it, I guess. Cause if it's short side, everyone seems to feel like their goalie should have it. But just, you knew right when that goal went in, it was like, here we go. Floodgates opened. So the turnover fest continues. And again, missed assignments, not clearing the puck guys running around in the defensive zone. Radko Gudis wires went in from the point. Yeah, two, seeing two. I shot, just went right through. 2-2, two, two. a horrendous period from the Leafs. Yeah, dude, that was a garbage period. But how many dude, how many times have we seen that this year? Like, it's just, like, it's getting so tiresome, just always wanting a full 60 minutes out of this hockey team. And it's just, it, it seems like they just can't, they can't do it for some reason. They just can't do it. And it's just like, it, as soon as Konechny scores that first goal, you're like, here we go. Well, here we go. It didn't stop there, Rye, because Sean Couturier made it three-two with two minutes left in the second period. Yeah, and we head into the third. The Leafs now trailing after being up two to start the second. Yeah, and and I guess I guess when you're going into that period, you're thinking about if if they're gonna come back on any team, it could be the Flyers because they're one of the teams that are a worse defensive hockey team than the Maple Leafs. So I I, I had, I had hope going into third that they'd, they'd come back and make it a game. And that's eventually what happened. Third period starts the man possessed the franchise. Austin Matthews end to end all by himself makes it three, three. Yeah. How do you you think his game was tonight? Just kind of quiet. Not as, not as dominant as he's been the last three or four, but not, like he he was okay. Yeah, he's just he's had he had flashes, but it wasn't he wasn't that man possessed. That I mean, it, it's it, it's got to be tough when you know what matchup you have going into the first round and these games left in the season. It's just like everyone's just waiting. They are they, I'm sure they're waiting. These games mean nothing, so it, it's it's hard to get up for these games. But it's just. It's it's the it's that same storyline over and over again that just gets you concerned, even though these games mean nothing. It's just like here we go again, not working hard enough. Leafs were a little more awake and alive in the third period, trading chances back and forth. It's a it's the type of style they love to play, like shinny hockey. Yeah, back and forth. Freddie and, makes, and yeah. makes a big save. Freddie makes a big save, and they hope they get a neutral zone pass and and get that stretch past or looking for and get a break and go back and forth and the flyers are a a hockey team that will kind of allow them to play that style and we saw that in the third period that's what the whole game was 11 minute mark of the third hartman scores 4-3 philadelphia yeah i thought that was the end right there i'm gonna be honest but it wasn't ryan because with 820 left in the third willie nylander roofs it top shelf that was a good play by Matthews. Matthews got it on the four check. Willie was down there too. That's the first time where both of them were going hard to a puck. And look what happened. The guy, the guy threw a pizza up the middle. Matthews took it. And it was over to, and Nylander picked up the loose puck. And it was, he scored, finally. Willie, we were waiting for Willie to finally get one. So the 4-4 tie takes us to the end of the game. Pretty exciting overtime, back and forth. Johnny T had a big chance in front of the yeah. net. Matthews had a couple good scoring chances. Freddie's making big saves in the Leafs' end. But nobody's able to score. And for the first time all season, the Maple Leafs go to the shootout. Yeah, which is mind-boggling. Because the last two seasons, it was just... They, they went to so many shootouts. I, I can't believe that they've, they haven't they have been to one. They're, I think they're the only team that hadn't been one up until tonight. First attempt, Claude Giroux, stopped by Freddie Anderson. In a peculiar choice, Mike Babcock throws Tyler Ennis. Don't get me wrong. I love Ennis. Had a pretty good game tonight. Has solidified himself as someone who should be starting night in and night out on the Leafs' fourth line. Yeah, and he's a, he's a skilled player. He could, he's He probably he, has some moves. He starts the shootout for the Maple Leafs, denied by Carter Hart, who... Greg Millen, your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well how many times did i hear tonight how great carter hart was and how he's a good one yeah he made it abundantly clear that carter hart is a future stud yeah and he made a nice save there on Tyler tylerness voracek second shooter for philly stopped by freddie anderson mitch marner stopped by carter hart nolan patrick misses the net austin matthews stopped by carter hart and we're on to round four JVR is the shooter for the Philadelphia Flyers, and you're watching it going, this is it. He's the one that's going to put the Leafs away here. But nope, Freddie makes a big save. And then Ryan, our man, Johnny T. Yeah. Oh, fresh, but, off yeah a scoring, fresh off scoring four on Monday night against yeah, just, the Florida Panthers. Just flubs it. Y- just yeah. looks like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was a tough game. That's, embar- that's embarrassing. I know. That's... You, you know what, though? If... We're gonna, we're gonna, yeah, no, yeah, it's it's, it, it happens. It's on a blooper reel, but it's, I would have been pretty pissed going back to the bench. Is that gonna be in the bloopers on Rock 'em Sock 'em 31? (laughs) Oh, yeah, 100%. So he doesn't even get a shot off because it's it, like, loses control of the puck, and then Sean Couturier scores. William Nylander misses the net, and the Maple Leafs lose in a shootout. I mean they they get the point with it going into overtime but um yeah, disappointing I think tonight, Rye. Disappointing, you know, it's as you said earlier, it's just I'm I I have a hard time like the game wraps up, we got the we got the SportsNet Central on here and there's the Bruins beating up on the New York Rangers. Yeah. And it's like there's a team that's gearing up for the playoffs that's beating a team that they should be beating and you got the Leafs tonight who are falling behind to the Philadelphia flyers a non-playoff team because again of mental lapses not like taking a period off uh defensive mistakes turnovers left right and center like I just like I don't feel good after a game like that like I know I know I, I get I take heat all the time for being Mr negative guy but like how how do you – somebody explain to me how, how you're supposed to, be to feel good after losing to a non-playoff team two weeks before puck drop of game one in Boston. Yeah, they're, not, they're just not – you bring up the Bruins, and it's a good thing to bring up because you're right. Like, when you whenever – even when you're not watching the game, you're just checking your, your app, uh, where they're at in their game. They're, they're always in it. They, they'll be down 4-4 four, four zip, and they'll somehow come back and make it 4-4. Four, four. They're beating – the hell out of the New York Rangers right now yeah, like, six two team that the Maple Leafs lost to Saturday night. They're red hot and they're arguably the the hottest team in the NHL over the past couple weeks since the New Year. Since yeah, the new year. and it's just like that. That's what's so annoying. Like I, I get the whole Johnny T forty five goals. All these guys are having great individual years, but. It, it's who we're going up against. And you realize what they are doing to other teams right now and how they're playing going into the playoffs. And it's already blatantly obvious that the stylistic matchup between the Bruins and the Maple Leafs, it's just like, ugh. like, here we go, man. Like, it's just hopefully, hopefully it's a series. Like, hopefully it's a series because some people are like, oh, four games. I don't think it's going to be four games, but it, it's, it's concerning. It's just not putting in a full 60. It's just, why can't we do this? Well, that's what I wanted to get to. I didn't. I, I don't want to talk. We, we've done enough, like, dogging Babcock and talking about Kyle Dubas. It's like, let's talk about – because at the end of the day, Babcock's not the one who laces them up and goes over. And I know that there's a contingent of the fan base who just, like, the players get off scot-free and it's all Mike Babcock's fault. And as anyone who listens to this show knows that you and I are super hard on Mike Babcock. But it's just like, what is it going to take – for this collective group of individuals to understand? all you gotta do is look around the league and look at all the teams that are considered contenders and look at how they play. And it's like they're all the, we're all talking about sure, they're they're men in their in their young 20s, but they're all adult men, they're all smart. Why are you not able to understand that you, you can't take shifts off? You can't take periods off. Yeah, per- not even shifts, yeah, periods. Yeah, dude, that's second period. They got dummied. They maybe had one scoring chance that whole period. It, it, they're never. I at this point, it's like they. It's almost too late for them to learn anything. Like it, it's the end of the line. But why is it so hard? Like, is it is it lack of like experience? Is it maturity? Is it age? Is it like like what is it? Like I feel like I ask you this question every other episode because I do ask you it every other episode. Like at what point? Like like what is the problem? Why is it so hard for this group of men to register that like you cannot continue to play this way. It's pure speculation at this point. It's like we have no idea. You, you everyone can have a theory that they're they're too young, they're too tired, they're not tough enough, they don't have a leader, the goalie needs rest. These are all topics that we're coming up with of the reasons why they, they are a hockey team that can't seem to get it done. And no one really knows at this point, but all we do know is it's pretty obvious watching the games. And foreshadowing to that first round, that it's just unless they all of a a light switch goes off in that first round, it it doesn't look good. And I don't, I don't know, man. Like they're just, they just don't play hard. They don't have that like, like we talked about the Bruins. The Bruins could be down a couple goals, and you just you can just feel it. You're like this team's a goal away from getting some serious momentum, but the the Leafs, like it's just. Konechny scores that goal to get the flyers on the board. And it's like, here we go. Like this team's going to blow it again. And, uh, man, I I, I don't even know at this point, it's a question that cannot be answered. You just, it's just pure speculation on why this team can't get it done. If I had to give my opinion, I just think they're too one dimensional. Like they just don't have enough different type of hockey players. Maybe not even toughness. Just all their hockey players are just one note, just skilled, Scoring speed. They also seem to lack, like, a, a a spark plug, like, like, uh, like, like the type of personality, like a Brad Marchand, yeah, like the type like of a personality. Brad but, but you know what though? You'd think, you'd think. Let's get into him right now. You'd think Naz would be that guy. You, you look like when I look down the roster and I say, and just judging by these guys and their personalities, who's gonna be the one to get the rest of the team fired up? Because if you look at the veterans, okay, you look at Tavares, you look at Marlowe, you look at uh, Riley, you look at Muzzin. Like they're all sort of subdued, laid back guys. Like yeah. I, I don't, I don't envision any of those guys standing up in a dressing room toss on a stick in a dressing room no I don't break see- in a stick and be like come on boys and so now if I had to point someone out about like who I would think would be the one to stand up and do that I think it would be Naz but it's like there's something to be said for the fact that like he got a night he got a goal tonight and hopefully that gets him going but he hasn't had the greatest year no. so do you think lack of production would prevent him from standing up in the room and going like, well, my game's not quite there. So I should probably sit here and shut up. Yeah. I think Naz is a guy like that for sure. Like he, he seems like a guy who gets extremely rattled if he's been off the board for a long time. And he had that injury that set him back coming back from a concussion is, is not easy. Like we all know that, but even before the concussion, he, he still wasn't having the best year ever. And whether that's, Uh, decreased ice time because of Tavares coming in, or it's losing his buddy Leo or not having the right guys on his wing. But everyone who's watched Naz during his career knows that he's the only guy on that team right now who has that like piss off. The other team hates me ability. Like no one else on the Maple Leafs have that. So Naz needs to let, if he is letting that affect him, he needs to let that go once game one puck drop because to me, he's going to be the biggest, if they're going to beat the Bruins in the first round, he has to be the biggest factor because he's the only guy who could just get under the skin of all those guys on the Bruins because it as could be, let's just say it could be a bit of a dick when he wants to be, which is a good thing. And we need more of that from him. Well, it's him doing that. It's Matthews playing his best. It's Anderson playing his best. It's Marner doing what he like everyone needs to be firing on all cylinders and you can't take periods off. No. Oh dude. Like just that first period of that series is going to be a fire drill. Like, like you'll see the second period tonight, game one, first period against the Bruins. Like it's going to be a fire drill. And it's just at the beginning of the year, it was, it was all about the depth. Like, well, we have three of the best centers in the league. Kadri's line is going to be a matchup nightmare because he'll be getting the third pair and it's just he has 16 goals like you know like he just it hasn't been there for him this year and I, we know that the playoffs are a different animal so we better hope that that's true and then once that series start that some of these guys can just wipe their memory of what happened in the regular season And start fresh in that series. He'd be like, I can earn my stripes if I just play well in this series and give it my all and give our team a chance to win. One thing before we move on from this is I don't really like, like, well, later on when we do the week look ahead, we'll talk about the teams they're playing next week. And I'm kind of, as much as you and I go on about how we're ready for the playoffs to start, I'm kind of happy that they've got four tough games next week against playoff teams because that's going to get them geared up. I don't like the opponents they've played this week. They're playing three bad teams this week that open it. That like tonight was a game that the that the Maple Leafs love playing. Like I said earlier, it's shinny, yeah. back and forth, exchanging chances. There's tons of space. There's tons of room. And th- that's not that's not how it's going to be come playoff time. And you could make the argument that like you look at the Philadelphia Flyers, like the Leafs are just a better version of the Philadelphia Flyers, the more skilled, talented version. Exactly. But like they're both brutal defensively. They both can score once they get going. The Leafs have better goaltending, but let's see how they go up against the, the big boys, because right now it doesn't look too good against the crap of the NHL right now. Let's talk about William Nylander. Uh, He got a big goal tonight. William Nylander is a very, very polarizing individual, Ryan. There is a contingent of the fan base who will just defend him to the bitter end because of his possession statistics. And his zone entries. And his zone entries. Oh, yeah. And uh, the calculator boys. So William Nylander's number since he's come back. Five goals, 20 assists, 25 points. Not really what you're looking for. And there's been moments in games, to quote your favorite broadcaster, Greg Millen, where he's really been heating up. Yeah, he's been coming around. He's been coming around for five months. I think he'd be here by now if he was really coming around. What, like... What is the deal with William Nylander? Why why do you think there's a contingent? Let's let's start here. Let's start here. Why do you think there's a contingent of the fan base who just fiercely defends the guy? And let's make one thing perfectly perfectly clear. Neither one of us hates William Nylander. Both of us like his upside. Both of us see the player that he he sometimes is and potentially can always be. Yeah. But the production is just not not there night in and night out. And it's not there for like the first couple episodes of this podcast were basically the William Nylander podcast where we just discussed his contract forever. And when he finally got that deal done, that contract symbolized a guy who needs to contribute offensively. What pisses me off is even though he has all these zone entries and his possession numbers and he should be playing with Matthews at the end of the day, I don't care how many zone entries you help your team get in a game. Like five goals. It's not cutting it. Like I, I'm sorry for a guy who's supposed to be, I know he's a, he can make passes, but he's, he's mainly a goal scorer. Five goals. Or was tonight's sixth? Tonight was his fifth. Tonight was his fifth. Okay. So even if he had six, even then it's like, I don't care how beautiful you look skating through the neutral zone in open space. Like it just hasn't translated to a lot of offensive opportunities since he's been back. And I get that coming back in the middle of a season's tough, but this is supposed to be an elite hockey player. I'm sure there's other elite hockey players in this league who can miss that amount of time and come back around a lot quicker and contribute offensively a lot more than he has. And it's just... It was good to see him get on the board tonight because if he didn't, we were going to come on here and just absolutely tear a strip at him. And now it's kind of like, okay, I I thought tonight he was pretty good. Like tonight was actually a decent game for him, but it's just, he's supposed to be your third guy and it's just, he hasn't been there offensively. But like I said, if he comes out in game one and pots two and is a big contributor in the playoffs, then. Then we won't care about this, but we don't know that yet. And so far this season, I just don't think offensively he's done much. Why is there a segment of the fan base that's so fiercely defensive? Do you think? I don't know. They, people get attached to the. I know this isn't a baseball podcast, but you think of back to that Jays playoff team. Like it, people get attached to players when, when like they were. I think he was drafted here. He's a part of the young core that everyone was stoked about. He was part of the Shanna plan, and he's a fancy hockey player. He skates great. He's a good shot. He makes good passes. I I just feel like some people are a lawyer. You're either an analytics guy who enjoys his uh, analytic numbers, or you're just someone who's attached to him as a Toronto Maple Leaf and is willing to defend him till till the very end. And they, they have a hard time criticizing him when he when he's not playing well but you know what zone entries only get you so far in this league I think people I think there's a real thing going on amongst the leaf amongst Leaf's Nation where you've got the one segment that is like he's soft and needs to be grittier and then you've got the other segment that's like that's not his game and I think that's why people clash but I see both sides of that argument. But the bottom line is, he's got five goals. Guy's been back since November. Five goals. There's one word for that.
1: Pathetic. Unacceptable. Yeah.
0: Unacceptable. <laughs> pathetic or unacceptable. Uh, yeah, pathetic or unacceptable. Yeah, or there's crap. Two, Ryan, there's two words for that. Yeah. And it's... And Ryan, there are people, I can, I can assure you right now, there are people listening to this who are cursing you and me right now by saying that? That's fine. Like that, cool. I just don't understand how cool, you, bud. Can, I just don't understand how you can argue five goals. Like, like I don't understand. Like I saw a guy like to, uh, tweet me back tonight saying it's bad luck. If you want to be a hero and, and, and call out all these underlying numbers to defend your favorite hockey player that you bought a jersey for, then cool, bud. You, you do that. You, you you keep lying to yourself, like. That's a joke. I I can't stand it. Analytics only means so much. At the end of the day, he's five goals. That's the problem with with some people. Not all of them. Calm down, analytics folk. Calm down. Calm. That's the problem with them is there is such a thing as the eye test. The numbers matter. They're important. They're definitely important. But he's not... Pa- sure yes he got a nice goal tonight and like like we said earlier with Naz hopefully that gets him going and gets him on a roll but he doesn't pass the eye test right now no no it's, well at the end of the day it's all about your production all at the end of the day when you're sitting down I know he just signed his big deal but at the end of the day when you're getting judged as a hockey player how many goals did you have how many assists did you have I've never been at a table with an agent and a general manager, and I, I don't know if they bring up underlying numbers. They probably do. It, but it, at the end of the day, it's not that important. Like, it's it's about what did you do at the end of the day? How many goals did you have? And this year, he just, I don't know. Like, for a guy who's so offensively dynamic, supposedly, I, I don't care if you miss time. If you're that skilled and you're that good and you demand to earn that much money, you, you got to deliver, man. Like you, just, like. Don't give me this zone entry, man. Like, stop. He needs to produce more. Yeah, I agree. But, dude, this hockey team is just... You can bring this... Analytics surrounds the conversation of this hockey team 24-7. Like, just look at a guy like Jake Gardner. Well, the Clark Kent, their general manager, he's built a team off analytics. Exactly. And it's just like now, whenever you have a discussion within Leafs Nation or you turn on a radio station, and you want to digest some content, everything revolves around, yeah, well, he's not as bad as as his numbers, you know, like, his, their possession numbers while he's on the ice are are phenomenal, he could have 10 goals, but possession numbers, they're beautiful, and the general manager, like you said, also believes in that as well, so that's where this whole thing gets, like, uh, like, what are we doing here? Are we judging the hockey team off guys who legit produce? Like, Brad Marchand is 95 points. Like, I I don't care what his possession numbers are. Give me the guy with the 95 points. Don't give me the guy with the good underlying numbers. Well, this is where, like, the this is where the analytics community and the non-analytics community bump heads. Yeah, and this city just full of analytical conversation now. It's great. Because that is... The team that Kyle Dubis. I love I'm sorry, his my new nickname for him is Clark Kent. Somebody said that to me the other day and I laughed so hard at it. I love you, Kyle Dubas, but from now on you're known as Clark Kent. It's not the worst thing to be called. No, it could be worse. Superman. Yeah, yeah, it could be could be worse. Doesn't have as good as hair, but we'll never go in on Dubas as, as much as we go in on good pro. Good good pro. Good pro. Does it well each and every day? Good pro in the gym. Always squatting. Elite drive train. Man, what does that even mean? What's a drive train? Dri- your drive and <laughs> your internal drive and how much you train. We should break down like every single Babcockism and try to actually understand what the hell this man is saying half the time. Because it's it's not even English. It's Don Cherry language. How's it going, everybody? Thank you very much for downloading the show. If you want to interact with us further, you can follow us on Instagram at Talking Buds Podcast, on Twitter at Talking Pod. You can download the show on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and YouTube. Spread the word, tell your friends, join the Talking Buds fan club. We really appreciate it. Now, let's get back to the Toronto Maple Leaf Podcast for all the buds. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. Let's keep this this train moving here. Let's talk a little bit about the goalie. So, all season long, we talk a lot about how Freddie Anderson should be in the Vezina conversation. And in past seasons, he's always had about a month where he hasn't been himself and hasn't played that well. And that hasn't happened this year. Well. In the last three weeks or so, our man Fred has come crashing back down to earth. Yeah, that that Vesna talk now is is that it's a tough sell when yeah. you look at his numbers compared yeah. to some other dudes. So, the first place we have to go with this is: Does he need rest? That is a huge topic right now. How many more games? should freddie play they've got five games left how many should he play two of the five should he play three of the first of all before we get into that do you buy the whole fred is tired and needs rest argument i i just don't get how you can like quantify how resting him now is gonna somehow benefit him in like a sixth game of a series like you don't like how do you know you know like I feel like if you're, you might as well rest them because these games mean nothing anyway. So it's like, if you really want to rest them and your uh, sports science department is, is pushing for that and they think it's a good idea because they know more than, than we do, then, then do it. But another conversation is is Babcock, does he want to do it? Because he doesn't want to look at Garrett Sparks anymore than that. I guarantee you that. No, he definitely does not want to look at Garrett Sparks. No, and but it's just I, – I have a hard time. Like, in my opinion, re- just rest him. Like, what, like, what's the worst that could happen? Like, you, even with him in the net, you're not even playing that well right now. Well, they, they've got some big games next week, and I definitely think it would be beneficial to have him in those games, but not all of them. Like, Saturday night, they're playing Ottawa. Yeah. Garrett Sparks should get the start in that game. A, to redeem himself for the awful showing in Ottawa he had two weeks ago. Yeah. And B, it's Ottawa. Yeah, exactly, dude. All these, like, I, I, I would like to see him start that Islander game. I want to see them kind of get a, a little, like, that's one game you should be able to get up for after that most embarrassing game of the season. It's in Long Island. Yeah, but, like that but was an embarrassing hockey. This game. time it's at Barclays, not at the uh, Forum. So it won't. But like, people love hopping on, like a, like it doesn't matter where you are. Like if you're anywhere around any Islanders fans like they're gonna hop on that Boo Tavares train like it's I don't know if rest it's just to me like I don't know what they're they're all about the sports science and and they got everything on lockdown in terms of information of like how much sleep you need or how much you need to eat your nutrition your shift time your practice time so if they're all about resting Freddie and that's the advice they're giving, then I suggest they do that. But if it's them trying to gain momentum going in and getting some good games under their belt, then they'll probably, they probably have a better chance of doing that with Freddie in the net than Garrett. I flop around like a complete idiot sparks whenever I get a start. Well, you know what? Let's usually we save the week. Look ahead till the end of the show, but it suits our conversation we're having right now. So let's 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 go through and examine who we would start in which game. So we already said Saturday night in Ottawa. That's a Garrett Sparks game. Monday night, we just said Okay, so we want we got Sparks in against the Sens. Sparks in against the Sens on Saturday night. All Monday right. I'm with you on that. I'll Monday be, in Long Island, Freddie Anderson. Yeah, I want that's the one game where I'm like and they played Tampa again, right? Well, no, that also makes sense. Here, we'll get to it. That also makes sense because they play again on Tuesday at home against Carolina. Okay. So, start Freddie, Monday against the Islanders. Yeah, Sparks. Tuesday against the Hurricanes. Yeah. Thursday, they play the Tampa Bay Lightning at home. I'd give Freddie that game. Well, they did that. Dude, if they put Garrett Sparks in again, I, I just want to do that for for self confidence because that that could be a 10 spot. If <laughs> that could be double digits if Garrett Sparks is trying to stop at Akita Kucherov one timer all night. I agree. And then Saturday, so a week Saturday in Montreal. Start Sparks. Start Sparks, yeah. But I agree. Who knows? Is it up? Is it up to the coach? Is it up to the general manager? is it up to the science department like it, it, we don't know I feel like you start with the player and do the whole how are you feeling and obviously he he's going to be a hero yeah is he going to pull and be like pull and be like the, i'm fine i'm fine yeah is he going to pull a the hockey then hero you go move. that's when if you're Babcock you defer to the sports science team yeah you defer to the training staff you defer to his goalie coach and you just ask what do you think we should do here? But honestly, the way we just mapped it out is how I think they should go. Yeah, like two most important games left. Five games. Two most important games left. Islanders, Lightning. Freddie starts both those games, and then the other three you can put Sparks in there. All right, let's uh, let's move into something else here before we uh, do our weekly bums and beauties. I you went off last week about the power play. and it hasn't gotten any better. And we spend our whole life team talking about things that they're going to need to improve on going into Boston. And I feel like this is their power play has been pretty bad all year. Like this is when we do our year-end review and like positives and negatives. The power play's gotta be right at the top of the list of disappointment slash negatives. Yeah, and it, it's interesting because there's still like there's still a top 10 power play in the NHL. So for someone on the outside, it's like, what are you guys talking about? Like it just doesn't they, look like they right. got a great power play. It like, they're look a top good. 10 in the league. But considering all the talent they have on there, it's like that's where Tampa Bay kills you. Like if you take three penalties against the lightning like one or two of those is going in the net like no matter what so if brad marchand's an idiot or Chara's an idiot and they take a dumb penalty in that series like those those power plays are going to be big for them and i i outlined it that it drives me nuts how how marner and matthews they need to switch sides because of the way they shoot i want them going on their forehand going towards the middle of the ice so they can get a quick shot off Instead of doing the whole loop-de-loop, trying to get on my forehand. But it's not even the fact that... It's like the dad line. I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. because That's the perfect way to put it. Yeah, it's just... That's a brilliant way of putting it. They're so talented. And I get that they still have a top 10 power play, and, and and that's great. But you know how good they are. You know how skilled they are. They should be putting away hockey teams... Every single time they get a power play. But another issue with that too, is they they don't, they don't draw a lot of penalties because what we always talk about is they don't work hard enough. So that's also an issue too. soft circle. You don't draw enough penalties. And when you get them, you don't capitalize. So that also give up a ton of shorthanded scoring chances. Yeah. Like that's a rest. They don't work on the power play either. When they lose the puck, they don't work to get it back. And having the one guy on the point just riley like it's pretty easy to get the puck out too well, this, this like, brings us back full full circle not to cut you off but like this this just this just brings us back full circle to what we were talking about in the first part of the show you just said they don't work to get the puck, puck back we're talking about work ethic in the first part of the show why why is the worth work ethic struggling is it coaching well the power play i feel like everyone's just kind of like well, no, they want it. the The problem is, is they're just a skilled. Uh, not the problem. Sorry, let let me rephrase that. They're they're just all skilled guys. So it's like they're all too busy. Instead of just being like, and I think this is where the, I think maturity is a huge part of this. Like Tampa's a seasoned, mature team that's gotten eliminated year after year after year, and they're tired of getting eliminated. So you know what? They don't care anymore. They'll do whatever it takes. They don't need to do little passes, little cute snapshots, top shelf, little like between the leg passes, yeah. little, like skating no and setting pass. up, no look passes. They don't, they don't care about that. They'll do whatever they can just to bury you to get the W because that gets them closer to that cup. Yeah, And that's the difference in my opinion. Yeah, and it's just I, they don't really work on the power play to get the puck back because it's just like. That's just the nature of being a man up. It's kind of like, oh, we'll get the puck back there. Like, you know, like, but it, it's kind of scary sometimes. Like, I'm sure there will be a shorthanded goal by the Bruins in that, in that series from them not working. hundred percent. It, it's going to come back and bite them. hundred percent. But it's just all these factors that we bring up, like capitalizing on the power play. That's going to matter in a playoff series, like working to get the puck back. That's going to matter. Freddie Anderson, make it a big save. That's going to matter. Like, it's all these things that we have issues with that are just, it's just what we're looking at to be like, they need to do that in order to win a series against a good hockey team like the Bruins or the Capitals or the, or the Lightning or the Penguins, whoever they play at any point. And like... I feel like we're just, like, super negative on this episode. We are. This is, this is... Well, it's because we're just... I think both of us are just tired. Like, we're yeah. just tired. Like, what's tonight? Game 77? Yeah. Like, I... Like, and, and, and and we're still talking about how they don't show up for 60 minutes. Yeah. So, it's like, like we can talk about, like, power play and possession and, like... Like, again, you could also argue that for through 25 episodes, this has been the Chirp Mike Babcock podcast. Yeah. But, like, you're the ones that have to go out there and play hard for 60 minutes. He doesn't lace them up and go over the boards. You guys do. And it's just like, that's why I think we're we're more negative. And, again, it's like, like I said earlier, the Bruins went out and played a non-playoff team tonight. A team that the Leafs lost in overtime to, and beat the hell out of them. Yeah, the Maple Leafs went out and played a non-playoff team tonight, lost in a shootout, and showed and up. Trailing, showed up for one period, a period and a half, blew a two-goal lead, and we're trailing them twice. Yeah, dude, I, that's just everything in a nutshell, right there. There are two words for that, Ryan: unacceptable and pathetic. Yeah, no, dude, it's just, and it's, we just, we just say that because, like. We, we just we just know that they're, like, w- when you watch them, like, the way they played against Buffalo last week and just relentless on the puck all game long. It's like, you guys can do it. Yeah. You can do it. And you know why they played that way? Because they got embarrassed for a week. And so they said, you know what? We need to get our you-know-what together and go out and win a game here. And they caught a crappy team, too. Right, like, but well- it's, honestly, but that, I know that the Sabres aren't a good team, but that is the recipe for success for the Leafs that's how they need to play to win and it's just again tonight it's just like we're uh, we're sitting here watching the second period and it's like yeah it's like you they're you're like at the halfway mark and you're just like i've seen this movie like they they they're maybe they're they're just gonna mail it in for the rest of this period and then Babs is gonna go in and light them up and then they're gonna come out and i'm sure they'll be a little better to start to third and then it's flip of the coin if they're gonna win or not yeah they're playing a, they were playing a crappy enough team tonight to actually get some defensive lapses out of the flyers in order for them to come back and tie that hockey game exactly so apologies to leafs nation and talking buds listeners for being the negative guys tonight but it's just like are, are you not tired of this folks like are you not tired of watching this pretty much night in and night out, because I sure am. And it doesn't make me feel very good for game one puck drop two weeks from tonight. No. Positive though, Johnny T, 45. Johnny T forty five G's, fifty is within reach. Yeah, I don't know five games left. He's not gonna get fifty, but he he came over, he left the island, signed for a big deal. He's come He's got 45 Genos. I'm pretty sure he's tied with his career high points right now. He's a beauty. Is everything you want. So it's it, it's not, it, there's a lot of free agents that have signed in this league who've gone to hockey. David Clarkson, Milan Lucic, Andrew Ladd, Louis Erickson, bunch of bums who've done nothing. Like you, you put this guy on a big ticket. He showed up. You know what? Regardless of what, maybe he, you think he needs to work a little bit harder, but forty-five genos at the end of the day, like it, that's a positive for this hockey team. And the first guy to get over forty-one since Sundin in in o two o one, like Morgan this, Riley, seventy points, seventy points, Marner ninety points tonight. Matthews hit a career high in in personal points and seven. I think he's got seventy-one now, and he's probably he's he's uh. He's on his way to forty goals. Yeah. Potentially so for a guy who's missed so, I mean, a lot of, you look time. at you look at the trifecta. Sorry, folks, I don't consider William Nylander in the trifecta anymore. Now that Johnny T is here, um, Johnny T on the brink of fifty goals, Mitch Marner on the brink of hundred points. Yeah. Awesome Matthews on the brink of forty goals. So you think pretty any of them are getting to the landmark that they're looking for? I, I don't think. I, I don't think there's enough. I could time see Marner left. getting to Hundo. Yeah? Nah. I I don't think any of them are going to get there. We were talking about this during the game. Like, if, if, if I'm Mitch Marner's agent, I'm sitting down across from Clark Kent and go, like, when they're negotiating, I'm sitting down across from Kyle Dubas and going, I'm really looking forward to hearing your reasoning as to why my client should be paid less than austin matthews you you know what you go first kyle you go first i'm i'm really looking forward to hearing this that's what i would say it would be i want to be a fly on the wall during that negotiation because the the typical wisdom is he's not a center iceman uh it wasn't a first overall pick goal scoring's at a premium in the national hockey league but we we said it tonight like there is no more dangerous Maple Leaf on the ice, night in, almost every single game this season. Like, this guy is always their most dangerous offensive player. A night in and night out. It, it, and it's it's not even, it's shift by shift, there's no one better than him, and I don't think it's it's really even close at this point. Like, I know Austin Matthews is, is a stud. Like, the guy's 35 goals in a season, he's missed 15 games, I, but... I'd open, if I'm Mitch Marner's agent, I'd have like a little file folder. I'd open it up. I'd take out an autographed photo of Zach Hyman. And I'd shove it across the table at Clark. And I'd go, this is an autographed photo from Zach Hyman, 20 goal scorer. Yeah. A guy who we dogged. Yeah. A guy who, on Matthew's line. Yeah. We dogged him. Yeah. And he looks like yeah. a, they're, they're a good pairing now. A guy who took nothing but heat when he was on your highest-paid centerman's line, but when he's on my line, my client's line, he's, he's a twenty-goal scorer. Yeah, he's an absolute stud, and I, I and not once this year have I been like, "Oh, Zach Hyman, he's an anchor out there. He stinks." He's, he's such an important piece. Yeah, he's a, he's great on that line, and he's he's looked like a better offensive player. Being on that line, and that's all because of sixteen. Like he makes look at John Tavares career high in points, goals. Why? Mitch Marner. It's not Matt Molson or Kyle Pozo. He's finally playing with offensive dynamo. Mitch Marner, dude. Like this guy. I, if I was his agent, I would look at Kyle and be like, "Give me the exact same number as Austin Matthews." If if ahead of game one, Ryan, I'm looking at you and I'm saying. At the seventy-seven game mark, Zach Hyman has four more goals than Nazem Kadri. You would have said not a not a chance. Yeah, no, like really, like after you've watched the whole season, you are like, oh, I am not surprised. But at the beginning of the year, if you really think back, you are like, not it not a chance that that would happen because Nazem back to back thirty and. I thought Nazem would have taken a step back for sure this season because it just, I don't know. It just felt like he was going to take a step back because of his decreased role from Johnny T showing up. But at the beginning of the year, like he would have been like, nah, not a chance. Nazem's getting at least 20, like for sure. He's the, he's the third pairing nightmare, that matchup nightmare, but nowhere on the score sheet this season. All right, Ryan, I think it's time to move in to the first ever live and in-person bums and beauties. It's time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty. Take it away, buds. That's right, it is the first ever live and in-person bums and beauties. Ryan, I'm going to go first. We have spent the majority of this show being negative, so let's start with a positive. My beauty of the week. And I know he didn't really have his best game tonight, but my beauty of the week is Ron Hainsey. Wow, Ronnie Hainsey, you're going to... You're just pissing everyone off tonight. Well, he. Jumped, well, I'm sorry. The the him jumping in into Johnny T's aid on Monday night. Yeah, was. Andy Andy he, and he did that earlier in the season when Riley got ran over by one of the Bruin players and he dropped his mitts. Like and Ron then, Ron's not intimidating, but at least he's a man. And then the little punk ass kid on the uh, Panthers, Howard Luck, is just giving it to him in the penalty box and Ronald Haines, he's just sitting there sipping his water not a care in the world doesn't oh, doesn't care one bit luck got two goals Did you see the chirp where uh where uh Naz was yeah, like Naz career is like, high but for you career high <laughs> Yeah let's see more of that from Naz do that but dial it up like a thousand yeah. So what so yes I know tonight wasn't his best game and I acknowledge that, but Ron Hainsey, because for this, for anyone being standing up for a star, Ron Hainsey jumping in to the aid of Johnny T on Monday, beauty of the week, Ryan, who's your beauty of the week? All right, I think my beauty of the week, I think I'm gonna go with, uh, I, I, you know what? The only problem doing the beauty of the week, it's like how many times can I pick Morgan Riley? Like how many times can I pick Johnny T? So. I'll I'll, I'll kind of base it off tonight and I'll get I'll finally for the first time this season give Connor Brown oh. a, a positive review. Wow. You know what? I've I've dogged the guy all year. We have to I've I've killed I've crushed Connor Brown. He seems like show a, in and a really, show out. a really good dude like off the ice seems like a chill guy. Kind of got the whole ginger joke probably with him. But I thought tonight was his his best game I've seen from him in a long time. He was, he was skating. He was on the fourth line, so like really, his his minutes were were a little lower, and he was a beneficiary of Tyler Ennis. Yeah. So I'll just I, I'm this pick is just me strictly avoiding the same picks over and over and over again, and I'll just give Connor Brown a little bit of a nugget for this beauty of the week selection because he finally got off the schneid. And I, I think he's been working hard. It's just for some reason for a guy who, who's supposed to have some offensive upside, a guy who scored 20 goals not too long ago, it, offense looks like a chore to him. Like it, He looks like Freddie the Goat sometimes when he's trying to, to, to put the puck in the net. So it's nice to see him kind of hit a level offensively tonight and finally get off the schneid. So I'll throw him not my beauty of the week. I'll throw my beauty of the game slash week, Connor Brown. Okay, bum of the week. I want to think of someone who we haven't yet discussed. We could take the low-hanging fruit, Ryan, and say Marty morinson Nah, again, I can't, I can't do it to Marty it's anymore. Just like I'm, I'm at the point where, um, like like we always say, we're like I don't even like like um, gripe about morinson anymore because he just shouldn't be out there. No, like, he's just like not If, good if you want to get mad about. Uh, if you want to get mad at Marty Marantz get mad at Babcock for continuously sticking him out there. Yeah. My, I'll, I'll go first. My bum of the week is, is Garrett Sparks. No. Oh. And not for anything he did in a game. Just the fact that you've been so bad. And I feel like the whole Garrett Sparks thing kind of stems back from Dubas looking at Babs being like, I'm getting rid of the vet and you're taking the guy who won me a Calder cup. But given his, performance this season he's been there's not been one game where he's been like this guy's been unreal tonight like like Curtis McElhaney, I I don't think he is anything wonderful either but you know what the guy won them some big games when he was here I just think Garrett Sparks every game he's been in this season's been pretty brutal and I'm kind of looking back over the whole season it's just He's been like never once was I I, like too bad against Buffalo last week. Yeah, well, I I don't. The Sabers are the worst team in the National Hockey League, though. They're worse than the Senators. Ever since their ten game winning streak, they're they're the worst team in the National Hockey League. Good for you, you beat you beat the Sabers. Other than that, like he just is so out of position all the time, and for a guy who, who who's like it's just. I get the decision. He's he's the younger guy, but it, at some point, I get it's tough being a backup. You, you don't get your regular reps, but you y- you got the stones to come out and call your hockey team, which which I didn't mind because it was the truth. Whether it was right coming from him, whatever, but it was the truth. But at the same time, it's like, bro, like one, you got you gotta you gotta back it up at some point. Like you've been brutal all year, and the coach, Freddie Anderson, won't even get any rest. Other than a back to back, because the coach is just—you can't trust the guy. Just hates what well, these games mean. Nothing hates him so much that he won't even put him in. He stinks that much. I do. I do think he like stinks. Like he looks bad. And I I usually stick up for goaltenders because I think it's the hardest position in all sports. But it's it's like he's been he's been brutal pretty much every single start he's had this season. So he's kind of one of my bums of the year. So. For mine, I'm, I I want to preface it by saying that like I'm not I'm not dumping on the guy because I don't think he's been awful. Um, but I do think, just given the position that he's in, that Andreas Janssen does need to pick it up a little bit right now. He's playing on the second line with Matthews and Nylander. And I just, I, I, again, it, it's like we talked about earlier with Nylander. The production's got to, when you're in that top six role, yeah. the production's got to be there and it's not there for Janssen right now and not there as much as it should be as much as is and again i want to preface it by saying i'm not i, I don't think he stinks right now no. like I, but but he also is not where i'd like him to be right now so i'm picking Janssen just because we said that we're not allowed to pick marty marinson cuz that's just too obvious of a choice yeah I, I just think with Janssen, it's like this is a guy like we were we wanted to like he was, we were going to trade him for a defenseman. I was like, no, 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 this guy, we need this guy. He, well, the he's same an thing upcoming captain. He's an upcoming winger. We need players like this. And it's just like, they get hot. They're really fast. They look great. But then they hit this lull where you're just like, maybe well, these they're guys... still young though. They're still like, they're still like, it's not that like these guys are, they're in like, they're lo- like low. They're not 18 year olds. Like they're, they're kind of like, I'm pretty sure Johnson's like 23. Like it, it's like, these guys aren't that young. I know they're young to the league, but it's, it's just the fact that we put these guys on a pedestal whenever they show like some speed or they start scoring some goals. And it's like, maybe Johnson and Kapanen like aren't at they're not as bad as like maybe they're not bad but they're not as good as we tout them to be sometimes and we expect a lot out of them and they don't always like you watch tonight and it's like Johnson that line was okay but like he didn't really do anything like I happen to agree with you on that. All right, well, I think that will wrap up episode 25 in our first ever in-person episode. Yeah. So let's let's actually make this decision on the air right now. So for episode 26, are we going to do it Tuesday night after the Hurricanes game, or are we going to wait and do it Thursday after the Lightning game? Well, yeah, I, think it's, I don't know. I say just after the Tuesday game. Yep. Yeah, Just after the Tuesday game, tee it up. Yeah, that way. That way, like you know, when it comes out on Friday, you know, yeah. people, Friday people are when. Yeah, people aren't listening. Yeah, it's Friday. It's the weekend. You know. Yeah. Your your release radar comes out on your Spotify. That's true. So it's like you want to listen to the new music. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. So it's the end it's, of the it's season. It's release radar day. Yeah. So you let's let's go with the let's go with the Tuesday after the Hurricanes. So you heard it there, folks. We'll be coming at you next Tuesday, after the game at home against the Carolina Hurricanes. Thank you, everybody, for downloading, and we will see you then. This is Charles Adler. After a few years of working on radio and television, the Charles Adler Show has evolved to a natural place in 2023. YouTube, podcast, and open RSS. You'll hear the show as it always has been delivered, concise, with context, clarity, and empathy. And as a bonus, the guests will be natural-born storytellers who... Won't fear telling stories that are personal and emotional. They won't fear uncomfortable questions. Most important, they won't fear me. Follow me on Twitter at Charles Antler and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers.